Maybe it's a classic or maybe a flop. Has Katie seen it? She probably has not. She'll sit down and watch it if it's good or it's bad. Hey, have you seen this? No, Katie hasn't seen that. Hi, I'm Katie, and if I had a nickel for every time someone said to me, wait, you haven't seen this movie? Oh my god, you need to see this movie. I'd be very rich. So this is my podcast, where I finally watch those movies you all have told me I need to see, and I tell you what I think. We've come to this. I don't even feel like I have a choice anymore. This is just who we are. I need a spoiler catchphrase. I'm so desperate, I'm on a website that makes free slogans. I have entered the word spoiler into a generate slogan area, and I'm going to see what we come out with. Okay, maybe we'll find a winner here. I'm going to click it. Oh my god. There's a bunch of them. There's more than I thought. We're going to read some because I there's so many. Up first, don't leave your spoilers at home. It's fast. It's furious. It's spoilers. Honestly, I don't hate that one. That one's winning so far for me. Spoilers for when it's quitting time. Look, Ma, no spoilers. No, that's not even true. Spoilers for a brighter shine. Oh my gosh, why is this the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life? Come up with a spoiler catchphrase. Snap, crackle, spoilers. Are they just ripping off major catchphrases at this point? Spoilers, have another serving. It's the spoilers you can see. (laughs) I'm only here for the spoilers. A glass and a half in every spoiler. Spoilers for your health. That one just seems sketchy as heck. There are pages and pages of these. Like, how about this one? You'll wonder where the yellow went when you brush your teeth with spoilers. But I think today we're going to go with sometimes you feel like a spoiler and sometimes you don't. So just be aware there will be spoilers about movies and TV shows and all sorts of stuff in this podcast. So let's dive in. We're watching American Psycho today. That's right. That feel good comedy that I'm sure this is going to be. American Psycho has been on my list for a very long time. I like Christian Bale, but also this movie seems like people reference it a lot. Yet I know not very much about it. Besides, I think that Christian Bale is like a businessman, but he also kills people. That's what I think it's about. I'm pretty sure it's about because like my brain goes to it's that kind of guy on Wall Street that we all have seen made into a caricature on TV and movies. Just the cocaine high riding sell buy buy sell. And then I guess at night this guy just happens to kill people, which honestly, that personality type doesn't seem too far off when you really think about how it's portrayed in the media. So this movie is a horror thriller. It's an hour and 44 minutes. So up top, if you could give me a high five, I'd appreciate it. Coming in under that sweet two hour mark. So I'm really excited about this. I just saw that Willem Dafoe is in this. Okay, I love that man. I really enjoy almost everything he's done. So I'm super excited to watch this one. I have my hopes. My hopes are high. This movie came out in 2000 in the first aught. Still don't agree that we're calling him the aughts, but it's the first aught. And I guess... This is kind of that sweet spot for movies for me. Way too young when this first came out. I was not allowed to watch this R-rated movie, but I'm kind of excited. I thought it was an earlier movie than this, but 2000 horror thriller with Christian Bale and Willem Dafoe. Could anything go wrong? Maybe, but I'm really excited to watch this one. I've told you what I think it's about, so let's see if it's actually about that. 
One of the first questions that showed up was, was American Psycho a flop on Google? So now I'm really curious what the box office information is. Apparently, the budget for this movie was estimated at $7 million. And then the gross worldwide for this film that it accrued was $34,266,564. That's not very much when you think about how movies do these days. Like, I feel like if they're not making DC or Marvel numbers, people are like, "Mm, it was a flop. I don't know. It turned a profit. So that's at least saying that people saw it. Uh Uh-oh. I do see that Jared Leto's in this, though. He is in the new Morbius movie, and I saw a TikTok. Uh, I'm on TikTok now. Uh, I don't make them very often, but if you're ever like, I want to see Katie on TikTok, go follow me over there. It's just Katie Peters Plays. But I have that For You page. I still don't know how to use TikTok. I don't go on it very often, but there was one TikTok where a person said, well, I saw Morbius, and man, it's just some more BS. And I just have a feeling people are not really liking Morbius right now for some reason. Well, anyway, Jared Leto's in this movie, and apparently he can be kind of a problematic person, but I feel like he's a decent actor. He's been in the business forever. He's also aged like he has the Fountain of Youth somewhere near his home. He just goes outside, he swims in it, and he comes out, and he does not look like he is a 50-year-old man. So I'd really appreciate if you could open that up to the public, Jared Leto. I just think that we could all benefit from it. So I'm just going to say it's like a little selfish for you to keep the fountain of youth to yourself and be looking like you do at 50. I am excited to watch American Psycho. I don't know if it's going to be like a slasher film or if it's going to be more of a psychological thriller. I have zero clue how they execute this film. I do think it might be kind of weird, but let's see what the ratings are across the interwebs. Apparently, Internet Movie Database has given this a 7.6 out of 10. That's not bad. Rotten Tomatoes has given it a giggity 69%. Metacritic, my sweet baby Metacritic, has given it 64%. But guess what? Guess what, everyone? 90% of Google users liked this movie. They have strayed 4% higher than they normally do. 90%! That is 9 out of 10 people liking this movie. So I'm very curious. Also, a woman directed this. Ooh, I want to see. Her name is Mary Heron. And let me see if I've seen anything else by her. It doesn't seem like I have, but she's done some movies. And apparently American Psycho is one of them. She did something called I Shot Andy Warhol, The Notorious Betty Page, Charlie Says. So it seems like she's done some films, but I haven't heard of her. So I'm excited to see what she did with American Psycho. So without further ado, I'm going to go make myself some popcorn, maybe throw some Cheetos in it because that's something I like to do now. Eat them with chopsticks and see if I like American Psycho. Well, 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 I did it. I watched American Psycho. It was almost exactly what I thought it was going to be. So before I get ahead of myself, let's just read the description of the movie so that we all have a basic understanding of what this movie is. In New York City in 1987, a handsome young urban professional, Patrick Bateman, played by Christian Bale, lives a second life as a gruesome serial killer by night. The cast is filled by the detective, Willem Dafoe, the fiancé, Reese Witherspoon, the mistress, Samantha Mathis, the co-worker, Jared Leto, and the secretary, Chloe Savinier. I can never say her name. This is a biting wry comedy examining the elements that make a man a monster. So as I start up this movie, I remembered, oh, this is based on a book. 
It is written by author Brett Easton Ellis. I've never read it. It's listed, though, as a postmodern novel, satire, black comedy, and horror. I'm almost curious to listen to this now. I don't read books as much as I used to. I used to love reading books. When I was a kid, I was that one who was like, oh my God, I'm going to go read all day in my room. I'm going to come down for snacks and water, but I will literally be on my bed reading the entire day. What happened to her? I think she got a job and really busy and then too many demands put on her life and now she can't read in bed anymore. Or rather, I'm too mentally drained that reading words on a page is just too much. So I listen to them in my ears instead. So maybe I should rent this from the library and listen to American Psycho. Though I say that and I'm trying to be honest with myself. Am I really going to be able to do that soon? Probably not. But I think it might be on my wish list. I think I'll throw it on my wish list. I know there's the big thing of the book is better than the movie a lot of the time. I find that I don't mind watching the movie first and then reading the book. At least now, I don't think I can be too picky now. I just feel like whenever I get to it, I get to it. So I'm really curious how the book compares to the movie. And also that someone read this and was like, let's make that into a movie. And I'm trying to decide, I think Slasher is the right way to put this movie. It does have some comedy bits in it, which I really enjoyed. Like there's this thing that the main character, Patrick Bateman, tries to thread through where he's saying, I'm going to go return some VHS tapes. And he just keeps saying that so that he has the same excuse every time. So if anybody questions it, they're like, oh, yeah, he was just returning some VHS tapes. There's just some really dry comedy in this that I really appreciated. I thought they did a really nice job with the dialogue in this movie. But also Christian Bale is a creep in this movie. Holy shit. He is like the worst kind of person, the worst kind of man. Oh, my God. Literally, they did this like slow build throughout the whole movie where you're like, wow, he's becoming more unhinged. But also he just got worse and worse and worse. And he had less and less redeeming qualities. And I was just like, oh, shit. I hate him. I hated Patrick Bateman, which I think is kind of the point. But then at the end, because at the end, there's this big reveal where it's like, was it all in his head? And yes, it seemingly is and was all in his head. All of the murders he did, all of the crazy stuff that happened, which I'll dive into a little bit more later on. But it's like at that moment, are you supposed to feel sympathy for this character that did some awful shit, you know? And you're just like, I don't think so. I was like, oh, he's a little crazy. But I think that's the point. He's just crazy. And I think they did a really nice job portraying that. And I thought Christian Bale did an excellent job. And it made me kind of go, oh, you know, because Christian Bale, I've heard, can be method actor a little bit. And I was like, I wonder what he was like on the set when they were filming this, because he seemed very intense. So this movie started off exactly like I thought it would. They were doing a dinner some Wall Street boys doing some dinner and uh, doing and talking about some coke in the bathroom. So I was like, okay, this is what I thought it was. It was very much the broskies who worked on Wall Street and all of them were the worst kind of person. Um, That makes me think that's what all people on Wall Street are like. Does anybody know someone on Wall Street? Is that what people on Wall Street are like? Or is it just what the media has made us believe? I do kind of feel like, though, it's been done enough that there's got to be some little bit of truth to it. So 
So it starts off, we meet Patrick Bateman and we meet his cronies. I guess it's more of his co-workers, which he secretly seems to hate all of them. But also I do too, so I get it. But then they go to like a nightclub and he's going to get a drink. And this is like the first moment you see Patrick Bateman like switch. He goes up with some drink tickets and she's like, you can't use those here. I need cash. And then he's like stole on the rocks or something. And she's like, it's $25. And then when she turns around to make it, he says the most vile about her. And it's just so unnerving. I sat on the couch and I just was like my face contorted and I was so uncomfortable. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that is just so awful. And then they just like cut to another scene. And it's like he's doing his morning routine. It's like we entered a YouTube video where he's showing off what he does every morning with his skincare, his exercise. He's exercising in his underwear, which, first of all, there's a lot of man ass in this. Man ass sounds so weird. There's a lot of man booty. Okay, there were some there were some boobs, there's some bibs, but they balanced it out with some man booty. There's a lot of that in this. But also just the fact that Christian Bale is just working out in his underwear all the time. Because, you know, I think that is what a psychopath would do. Just got to get your crunches in, do some jump roping in your tidy whities It's just how a psychopath rolls. Okay, but his morning routine literally reminded me of a YouTube video. If someone can just make an edit of Patrick Bateman going through his morning routine and adding like the background music to it, I think it would you could easily upload that to YouTube. And I don't think anybody would notice that it was Patrick Bateman from American Psycho. It was just like, I put my mask on, I do my crunches, I do exactly this and exactly that. And it was just odd because this movie's from the year 2000. I feel like, wow, there's just so much content on YouTube now that is exactly this. And I'm like, is this the origin? Is this the origin of self-care videos? (laughs) I'll start with American Psycho and the Patrick Bateman routine. That's the only that's headcanon now. That's canon in the universe, I feel like. One of the things I really loved about this movie is the datedness of it all. Like, I'm going to return some VHS tapes. The CD's on the desk. There was so much nostalgia in this. Just the TV. He was watching porn on a VHS tape. Like, it was just so modern feeling, but also very dated at the same time. I was like, this movie, I think, is supposed to take place in the 80s. So that checks out. Wait, no. I just Googled it. It is. It's supposed to take place. The film version takes place in the year 1987. So were there CDs back then? Well, I'm just about to learn something new today. The CD was invented in 1979. I had no idea it was invented in the late 70s. Wow. See, this is an education podcast. You know, I'm changing lives by sharing information about when CDs were invented. I'm doing the Lord's work. But okay, I guess apparently in 1987 or 89, it would have checked out that CDs were a part of the background. I guess it was probably like a sign of wealth. Like, look at my collection of CDs, which I totally get because I had a lot of CDs in the early 2000s. And uh, I felt like that made me really cool. I had, I mean, all the jewel cases. Oh, gosh, they take up so much room. And now they're just like obsolete. They're just like trash that is ending up in landfills, just more plastic contributing to the problem. And there was a time where I'm like, look at all my CDs. And that's what this movie glorifies is uh, if you have CDs, you're pretty much a creme de la creme. Also, I did like that they featured so much music in this movie. It kind of fit nicely. I think I read somewhere, too, that they paid a lot of money. And that was one of the highest costs of making this film was getting the licensing for all the music in this movie. But just like in general, the music complemented the film well and the way that they integrated the music was very smart, I feel like. I thought it flowed well. 
Also, there were so many people in this I didn't expect, like Reese Witherspoon was in this. Just like faces were popping up. Justin Thoreau was in this. Just faces that you see and you're like, oh my gosh, uh, like the Josh Lucas guy. There was just a lot of people in this that were, it kind of felt more like an ensemble film, but I was like, I think this was before a lot of these people were super famous. I could be wrong. I mean, Christian Bale goes way back to the Newsies days. Like, did anybody else watch Newsies? I love that movie. It's like a musical. Disney's Newsies and Christian Bale was in it. He was a little youngin. And in this, I looked it up. He was like 26, 25 in this film. And I mean, he looks like he's a baby. Though I don't like saying that. I never liked when I was in my 20s that people were like, oh, you're just a little baby. You got a baby face. I just was like, no, I'm an adult. So, you know, in this movie, he plays such a creep that he was very much an adult. He was younger in this film than I expected him to be. I just, for some reason, he's perpetually the same age, which I know I've talked about in past episodes. Like, all these actors are forever the same age, just their skin changes. It's, uh, it's a part of getting older, I guess. But maybe if they all just adhered to Patrick Bateman's morning routine, they could all look like youthful babies forever. Honestly, some of that routine, I was like, wow. That probably would be good to do certain face masks and crunches in the morning. But I'm also like, I don't want to be a psychopath. So maybe I shouldn't do those things because, you know, inherently, if you do all those things in order, you probably become Patrick Bateman. I don't know if there's any science to that, but I'm just going to not chance it. I don't want I don't want to risk it. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to take that chance. So he's a creep to his secretary who's Chloe seven seven. I need to look up how to say her name. All right. Google's telling me Chloe seven knee. I still butchered it, but she plays a secretary in this and he is awful to her. Later on in the movie, he tries to take her home and I think he's going to try to kill her is his plan. And then his fiance, played by Reese Witherspoon, calls and leaves a answering machine message and she overhears it. So she leaves and he's like, you should leave or I'm going to hurt you. Honestly, though, like throughout the movie, people are like, well, what do you like to do? And he's like, I like to kill and murder people. And everyone's like, oh, ha, 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 what a jokester. And if there's something just not super creepy about that, that is just beyond because it's like someone admitting the awful things that they do. And then everybody just thinks that it's a joke, but they're being honest. And that's so scary. Like, what if you did meet somebody and they're like, oh, yeah, you know, I just like to murder people on the weekends. And everybody's just like, oh, Jimmy's such a jokester. And then it's like, well, what, what if he does? I've seen movies where they end up actually doing that. What, what if he does? So now I'm forever going to be suspicious of anybody who says that. There's also a moment in the beginning where we're meeting the characters and Reese Witherspoon and Christian Bale go to like dinner with their friends. And then Patrick Bateman just goes off on all these social issues that need to be resolved in the world. And I got sad because this movie was made in 2000, which is now 22 years ago. And he was just talking about all these social issues that need to be dealt with before other said things could be dealt with. And it just made me kind of bummed out because I'm like a lot of what he talked about. I was like, oh, all that still needs to be fixed. And I think lately I've been more introspective about those things and just kind of going like feel a bit powerless to make changes sometimes in the world and to see where I can help in some ways. And I think being constantly reminded or even like looking back on content or movies or anything that was made years ago that had a social commentary on these things or we're talking about quote unquote social issues at the time or even bigger world issues. And then to flash forward 22 years and a lot of those things still being a problem. That's just a big old buzzkill. Like I just sitting there like I really 
feel like as a society, I don't know where this is tangent is going, but just feeling like there's just so much to fix. And there's stuff that I do feel like actions speak louder than words. And we need to use more actions in our lives to make changes because apparently this has just been a cycle. We're all in a hamster wheel, it feels like. And I know we make micro steps, like maybe that hamster wheel jumps forward a little bit every now and then. But man, movies from 22 years ago saying like, we got to make these changes. And then you cut to 22 years after and going, oh, shit, we still got to make those changes. I just thought that was interesting. It was something I wrote in my notes and I was like, I'm going to talk about it. It's also weird coming from a character that is a psychopath serial killer. But, you know, when valid points are made, you got to give due where credit's due. He is just so unhinged, though, because in the next scene, he's like bringing he I think he kills a lady from the street. There's a lady he meets on the street. What I liked about this movie is they did a lot of stuff off camera. So it was kind of like theater of the mind. They didn't just do, you know, the saw thing where someone gets cut in half with a buzzsaw or falls into a pit of needles. They did a lot of stuff where it's like the camera cut away or it was just out of shot and there was blood spray or things like that. But with this, they just cut to the next morning and he had bloody sheets and he was just screaming at the dry cleaner. And oh my gosh, he's telling this lady who walks in that it's just Koran apple juice on his sheets. And it's like, that's clearly not. That's clearly a bunch of blood. So this is where we're starting to see like Bateman is just literally nuts and very unhinged, very unstable. Christian Bale did a great job, though, with playing this monotone emotionalist guy who only had a few emotions like fear of getting caught panic in that regard but just this like cool calm person one of my favorite things in this movie is the business cards i'm sure that's like an iconic thing people probably talk about it but the business card scene oh my god it was funny but it was also just so well done they all have like the same business card except the paper and the font might be like slightly different and christian bale just gets so unhinged because someone has like a slightly different business card than him that has like an eggshell color to it and i just really enjoyed that whole i don't know if it was a joke or just some sort of subtle way to show that this man is unwell and also how ridiculous i think we can get about things sometimes i don't know if there was a little bit of a metaphor there but i just that thing That whole sequence was just incredible. And then when they bring it up later, when someone else has a business card and it looks exactly the same, it's just great. I really like the callback to that. Also, this Bateman character is the biggest gaslighter in the entire world. And the entire time I'm just sitting there like with my hands on my temples, like, oh my God, he is gaslighting this girl he's having an affair with. He's gaslighting Reese Witherspoon. He's gaslighting the world. And I hate him for that. But he's just textbook lying to your face and making you question your reality, which I think is interesting because he didn't even know if his reality was real at the end. So I don't know if that was a subtle nuance, but chef's kiss if it was on purpose. There is a moment where he kills a man on the street, a homeless man and his dog. And I just I got to say this. I say it all the time when I'm streaming horror games and they do this. I avoid horror games that do this. I don't like when they kill animals or dogs specifically in films. I can't. I mean, I know he's going on a murder spree. He's killing a ton of people. But like the minute he harmed that dog, I just I kind of shut down a little bit. And so I just have to like compartmentalize those things and just move on with the movie because they can skew the whole movie for me. Um, But yeah, I literally can't do that. And I don't like when movies do that. And this movie did that. And uh, I wasn't a fan. Didn't think it was necessary. I mean, I know it goes to show how awful of a person he is and that you just kind of grow to hate him. 
but I don't want to see that. Like my little heart can't handle those things. So I didn't love that. Didn't appreciate that very much. So essentially everything kind of kicks into high gear. He's just starts killing the people he knows and the people he just dislikes. One of those people played by Jared Leto, who I literally didn't recognize until I was like, oh, that's Jared Leto. <laughs> he plays a character called Paul Allen, who he gets like drunk at a Mexican restaurant and then brings him home and he has like a raincoat and he's put like laid out <laughs> newspaper on the floor. And then he goes ahead and he kills Paul Allen. And then he tries to set up this elaborate thing where people hopefully will not pin it on him. Record something at Paul Allen's apartment. He's that's the other thing. He's like touching everything. He's getting his fingerprints on the answering machine because he went over to Paul Allen's apartment to pack him a bag to make it seem like he went away to London for a bit. And he's literally touching things everywhere. He's touching things. So this is where I'm like, well, maybe it's because it's in the 80s and police work wasn't as good back then. That's not even a good excuse. I was I just was starting to notice like he's kind of sloppy, but he tries to be like super cool, calm and collected about everything. I just noticed that. I was like, I don't know. There's just something kind of off about some things. And that's when I started to notice he's just not being smart. The movie from this point on just starts to like get weirder and weirder. Um, Like he picks up a hooker and calls an escort and then he brings them to his house and he's explaining to them Phil Collins's music while filming them doing the sex. Okay. And then they have sex, like all three of them. And he's just like looking at himself in the mirror. And I was so uncomfortable. I just like that whole sequence. I was just sitting there like, oh my God, oh my God, like actually saying that over and over because it was just, he was, he just kept looking at himself in the mirror and his muscles and I can't, it was weird and it made me uncomfortable and it was definitely something a psychopath would do. But this is also where I noticed throughout the movie, I think he only kills blondes. I don't know if I'm wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure that he's got a thing for blondes that need to be murdered apparently. This is another thing that happened off camera is there's this point where they do their sex thing and then they're sleeping and he wakes up and he starts going through a drawer of like weapons, not weapons. They're like exacto knives and hangers and stuff. And one of the girls is like, oh, can we leave or whatever? And he's like, we're not done yet. And then they cut to a scene where they're leaving. And I mean, it took me a minute to notice, but I'm like, she looks beat up. She looks like she's been like beaten. Some shit's gone down. And that is what happened. Like he tortured them or something. It's like all happens off camera. So you kind of have to piece together like, oh, my God, he hurt them, which is this movie. It showed it didn't overly explain things. Sometimes I feel like movies nowadays are like showing flashbacks to things that happened 15 minutes ago. And I'm like, I'm right here. I was watching. Please stop. And I really appreciated that this movie kind of left a little bit out there for people to think about and figure out. Because later on, he goes to pick up one of the same hookers and she's like, I don't think this is a good idea. I had to go to the emergency room last time and they almost had to do surgery on me. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this guy. We also meet the detective throughout this film as he's looking into the disappearance of Paul Allen, the detective played by Willem Dafoe. And the thing that I noticed is the character of Patrick Bateman only had like one emotion. And I feel like it's panic. But I really liked Willem Dafoe. I just think Willem Dafoe's a great actor. He just does things well and he's very likable. And I just I was rooting for him. I'm like, he's the good guy in this. You know, at the end, nothing really came of anything because all of it was in his head. But at the same time, that's why I think some movies work well, because after you sit down, and you think about it and you're like, OK, wait, 
and you try to like think about the threads and all those things. And if they stick with you, sometimes that's not the case. Sometimes it'd be a real shitty movie. That happened with Gerald's Game. If you've ever seen that, Mike Flanagan did it. It was great all the way up until that ending. Then I just sat down and I thought a lot about that ending because I was just upset about it. But if a movie's good, it has the same effect where you sit down and you're like, okay, let me think about why. Okay, so was the William Defoe detective real? And then it lingers. And I feel like sometimes that's the telltale signs of a really bad movie or a good one is if there's linger behind. So this movie just had him kind of doing murder after murder. He had heads in the fridge, bodies in the closet. He was at Paul Allen's apartment doing this as well. And the movie just starts to get kind of crazy. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, wait, this doesn't make any sense because he's at Paul Allen's apartment with the same hooker who almost went to the emergency room with one of his old friends from the Derby, (laughs) you know, as you do. And then they start having sex. And I think he like there's a point where Bateman bites his friend in the no, no place, I think, and uh, makes her bleed a lot. So then the other, the hooker tries to escape. And then all of a sudden he has a chainsaw and I'm sitting there and I'm like, what, he's got a chainsaw? And then she's running around this apartment and she's coming across bodies hanging and things in the bathroom and just all this stuff. And I was like, no one smelled this or saw a body until this moment. Then they're running through the apartment building. He's just got a chainsaw. And then he like, she's running down this stairwell and he just somehow sets it up just so that the chainsaw falls through and then when she gets to the base of the stairwell the chainsaw like kills her it goes right through her and i'm sitting there and i'm like nobody's noticing this in new york city like this is just happening then the movie just kind of starts i think becoming more satire at this point and i'm like this can't be real and he's like oh i have to go deliver some videotapes and he's just like doing normal life things but then he goes and he gets money and he almost puts a cat inside an atm and then the lady comes up and said what are you doing and then he has a gun and then he shoots the lady then he's in a firefight with the cops and then there's an explosion like in an action movie and i wrote in my notes is this a dream but then it never becomes a dream sequence it just keeps getting more wild and more wild and he keeps getting away with more and more stuff And he's just going homicidal. He's running around building, shooting people. And then he calls his lawyer and does a confession and he's crying and all of this stuff. And he's kind of confessing to his crimes. And then I wrote in my notes, storing bodies in Paul Allen's apartment was risky. But then the next day after all this confession, which I'm like, he just wakes up and he like goes to breakfast and everything's fine. He then goes to Paul Allen's to clean up the place and he goes in and it's pristine. And he's looking around like, where are all the bodies? Everything's been moved out. And then a real estate agent walks in and goes, are you my first client of the day? And he's like, no. And then she asks him to leave. And so that's when I start getting confused. I'm like, did someone cover up his crimes? Because he called the lawyer. But then the rest of the film is just pretty much him kind of working out that it was all in his head. And also his secretary finds his day planner that has all these drawings in it of a lady with a chainsaw through her and similar imagery to what has happened in the film. And the lawyer he runs into at this bar with his cronies, once again, just like the movie started, he's like, I did all those things. You never called me back. And he's like, oh, you're real funny and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I killed Paul Allen. And the lawyer goes, I just had lunch with Paul Allen in London. He's fine. That's when the realization of, oh, was it all in my head? It was just, it was an interesting way to end the movie. I didn't expect it per se. I thought it was just gonna be a slasher and that he would probably get away with it or something. I thought it got a bit crazy there when um, 
he had a firefight and the explosion. And I was like, something's afoot. I don't know. I don't know what's going on here, but something's afoot. And I don't know if you all can tell, but I kind of liked this movie. Actually, I would I would say I, I liked this movie. My husband came up with a good analogy for it or a good comparison, I guess. The show You that's on Netflix. The guy who played Dan from Gossip Girls in it. I feel really bad. I can't remember his name at the moment. But if you've ever seen the show You with the voiceover in this movie and the way that this character acts, it's very similar. There's a kind of a parallel between the two. And I really like the show You. It's creepy and I just feel like it's interesting, maybe voyeuristic in a way, because the character you're watching is voyeuristic, but it's just similar vein. And I feel like that was a really good comparison between American Psycho and the new show You, which I think it's on its fourth season or it's coming into a fourth season. If you ever seen You, you have to tell me if you think it's similar. It feels like the same vibe because I think that it does have that. But yeah. I guess I could say I'm not angry you all made me watch this. I actually kind of liked American Psycho, which, you know me, I don't like a lot of movies. So I'm like, why do I have to like the one that's about a psychopath killer? Y'all are going to think I'm a weirdo. But yeah, I liked it. I liked American Psycho. I don't think it's going to be a movie that I'm like, oh, everybody needs to see it. But I'm glad I watched it. I feel like it cinematically worked really well. I liked how they moved through things. I thought it told a pretty interesting story. I liked the acting in it. I hated Patrick Bateman, which I think is the point. But I just, I guess I appreciated the nuances. They were subtle at times, but I did very much like what they did with this. So yeah, I watched American Psycho and I kind of, I kind of liked it. So what am I going to give this movie? I'm going to give it a cool 8 out of 10. Freshly printed business cards in eggshell, off-white, and a nice, hefty thickness. Yeah, this movie was decent. I didn't hate it. I actually kind of liked it. So let me know. Did you like American Psycho? Do you hate this film? Do you love it? Tell me what you thought about it. I want to know, is the book worth reading? Do you think it's like the show you? You know me. Come talk to me in my stream about this. Drop a comment on my YouTube or on the podcast, whatever. I want to I know. I want to know what you're thinking about it. So I really appreciate your thoughts. I want to know if this is a movie that you are surprised that I liked. <laughs> Very curious about that. Before I get too ahead of myself, I'm excited to check out some of the trivia because I really like looking at trivia for films. And I want to see what some of the fun facts about this film are. One of them being is during the production of this film, Christian Bale actually followed the morning routine that his character Patrick Bateman does at the beginning of the film, which is the exercising and the face masks and the shower things. And that's just wild to me, but I have heard he can be a method actor. Another one I thought was interesting is that a lot of the dialogue in this movie is taken word for word from the novel by Brett Easton Ellis. I think that's just interesting because a lot of times movies just kind of throw together. They just throw things at the wall and really deviate from the source material. So I thought that was neat. This is nuts to me. The film had various problems with designer labels during production. Um, Saruti agreed to allow Christian Bale to wear their clothes, but not when the character was killing anyone. Rolex agreed that anyone in the film could wear their watches except Bateman. And apparently there's a famous line in the book that says, don't touch the Rolex. And that was changed to don't touch the watch. Perry Ellis provided underwear at the last minute after Calvin Klein pulled out of the project. Garcon refused to allow one of their overnight bags to be used to carry a corpse. So Gautier, Gaultier, I don't know how to say designer names, 
was used instead. I just think that's hysterical. I mean, it makes sense. I've heard stuff like with Apple, like my husband's told me that Apple will only let the good guys use Apple products. And so anytime in a movie, if one of them's using an Apple product, Mark's like, that's the good guy. <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but I like to pretend that it is. And allegedly the name Bateman is derived from the main character of the psycho film franchise, Norman Bates. And there you have it. There is some fun trivia facts about American Psycho. Oh boy, I'm here and I got some comments from you about American Pie, which was the last episode we had for Katie Hasn't Seen That. And I hope you enjoyed this episode of American Psycho. Didn't mean to do American Pie and American Psycho in a row because, you know, they have similar names, but they're very different concepts. But I want to share with you some of the comments you shared on American Pie and the last episode of Katie Hasn't Seen That. Up first, let's go on Twitter where Bubblegut shared, take a drink every time KPP says movie wall. And I promptly replied with, literally people will die if this becomes a drinking game. I said movie wall so many times in the last episode, but this comment made me giggle because yeah, definitely would give someone liver poisoning, I believe, if that was a drinking game. Also from Twitter, Josh Turnball says, like you, I wasn't allowed to watch American Pie when it came out in 1999 because I was 12 going on 13 at the time. But I watched it for the first time on DVD in 2020, and I thought it was okay. I also hated Stifler. Great episode, and this is my first time listening. Thank you for listening, Josh. It's lovely to have you on the Katie Hasn't Seen That train. Where are we on a train? I don't know what we are, but I am really grateful that you listened for the first time and you enjoyed the episode. Also, I'm glad I was not the only one who wasn't allowed to watch this movie. (laughs) From Discord, Menagerie shared, I liked your perspective of American Pie being filmed like a Disney movie. I never thought about it that way, mainly because of the content. Also, Disney head. (laughs) I also love your description of the cozy couch in the basement. It made me think of going to Blockbuster and getting a movie that the whole family would watch together. This would definitely not be one of those movies for that, though. This movie was not made for me when I saw it. And it was probably a terrible influence on a growing boy. I was probably 13, 14. I'm ashamed to say I thought those guys were cool when I first saw it. Luckily, I learned how to be a good man later on and didn't turn out to be like Stifler. Last thing, why was there a monkey? I agree. Why was there a monkey? I think it was just that weird time in movies and TV where they're like, get a tiny monkey and let's put it in the film. Najri, thank you for sharing your thoughts. I loved hearing about it. I mean, honestly, when you're a young, growing person and you see a movie, it's easy to be like, oh, I got to be like that. That's what's cool. That's what's in. So don't beat yourself up too hard. And I bet you're a wonderful person. And thank you so much for sharing your thoughts on American Pie. Now on to YouTube. We have a partial comment from Gothic Mess who shared, oh, no, not a Costco pie. I know. I feel the same way. The trivia is so great, and the explanation of Disney Head at the beginning was hysterical. I'm now even more excited to see what your hand-picked movies are for season two. Keep being awesome. These are such a delight. I'm so happy you're enjoying them, Gothic. I hope you've enjoyed American Psycho as well. And I'm honestly very excited to see what you all think of this movie. Y'all keep bringing in some really cool thoughts and discussions on Katie Hasn't Seen That. Reminder, tweet at me on Twitter. We have a Discord channel that you can chat about. Katie hasn't seen that as well as on the YouTube videos. I really love hearing everybody's thoughts about things and their experience with the movies that I watch because we all see movies at different times, different places, in different seasons of life. 
And so getting to read what everybody felt and thought about things is actually a very eye-opening and cool thing for me. So I really appreciate all the comments. I am super stoked every time I post an episode because I'm like, I can't wait to see what everybody thinks. So thank you all for sharing your thoughts. And I will talk to you in the next episode. If you want to hang out with me more, or if you just want to yell at me for my thoughts on a specific movie, I stream over on Twitch at www.twitch.tv slash Plays. If you'd like to support the podcast and buy me a coffee to fuel my reviews, you can over on Ko-fi at www.ko-fi.com slash Plays. You can join my Discord to discuss the movies I review with other Katie Hasn't Seen That fans by visiting discordapp.com slash invite slash Plays. If you enjoy Katie Hasn't Seen That, please leave a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. It helps others find the show. Also, feel free to follow and chat with me on Twitter at PlayKatiePlay and on Instagram and YouTube at KatiePetersPlays. Music written and performed by Mark Can Do It, Katie Hasn't Seen That is a part of the Geek Generation Network.